After constantly being bombarded with emails, phone calls, and text messages on a daily basis asking, what would you do? Sometimes it's an, oh crap, I made a mistake, help me. And sometimes it's just a question about the latest technology and do we feel it's worth the investment? We want to help answer all of these questions. So welcome to What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. We'll be interviewing experts in the industry to help answer the questions that you desire to know the answers to. And now, it's time for What Would Larry Do? featuring Dr. Ann. Hello, and welcome to What Would Larry Do? I am Dr. Ann, and I am here with Larry Helwig. And today, we are going to talk about scars and stretch marks. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> No, it really is. It's, it's a fun topic. I mean, this is a topic that probably affects every single person that's out there. Because if you don't have stretch marks, you probably have a scar somewhere on your body that you want to do something about. So Larry, let's just dive right in and start off by talking about what are the different kinds of scars that there are out there? Well, the <clears throat> there are medical terms for a lot of different scars and, and just like stretch marks. But there are some basic things like uh, hypertrophic. Mm -hmm. So you may see a physician and they're going to tell you you have a hypertrophic scar. That might be treated a little bit different than a different type of scar. There are keloid scars. And I think everyone's heard the term keloid before. I'm mm -hmm. a keloid former. I tend to, no matter what happens, I get a keloid type scar. So that's going to be treated differently as well. And keloids and hypertrophic sometimes can, those terms <clears throat> can be thrown around or intermixed with each other. Because a keloid is technically a type of hypertrophic scar, but not all hypertrophic scars are keloids. Right. So these are our big, thick, chunky the scars that look like they've kind of bubbled up out of your skin or they've, you know, just grown really large for what the area is. And um, keloid formers is actually um, an, a genetic issue. So it doesn't matter. They, these people typically can't even get their ears pierced. If they get their ears pierced, they grow these huge, large, bulbous scars off of their earlobe versus the hypertrophic scars, even though they look thick and chunky like the keloids, Typically, this is a single wound where the hypertrophic growth stays with inside where the wound was. It doesn't spread around outside of it. And a lot of times we see them on the trunk of the body. So like chest or back where there's been a surgical wound where, yeah. you know, either it's how it was stitched up or the patient had a, an allergic reaction to the sutures that were used. And it led to this hypertrophic scar. That's right. And then there's the atrophic. Mm -hmm. So again, you can have a scar where it's almost indented. Mm -hmm. it, it, it looks abnormal. Um, tissue's abnormal, but it's not raised like you see with many scars. So yeah. it's more indented. And then we have our contracture scars, which typically come from severe skin burns. So when you think about patients being burned in a fire um, you know, wounded warriors that have been burned in lines of duty. Those types of scars lead to these contractures where it actually causes the tissue to contract and can limit the mobility of a limb or other parts of the body because of how tight it is pulling all the structures around it. And those are really uh, scars that you, you absolutely want to get treated because 
yeah, you like if it's on your hand, you can't maybe open your hand or close your hand and and different things like that. So as Ann said, mobility, but you need to break that scar up. And there mm-hmm. are lasers that are really good at doing that. And I think that, so that's your contracture scar. And and I think also firemen and policemen. Yes. You know, yeah. any, anyone in, you know, line of duty, anyone yeah. dealing with things like that, you can have a really bad burn and that's what happens. Yes. And then, of course, we talked about um, a couple weeks ago was acne scars. So these are another type of scar that can be formed and that can happen from acne, cystic acne, or just picking at the acne. And, you know, that's another big one that affects a large amount of people and they want to do something about it. Yeah, it's a large population. And within the scar itself, you have different types. You have rolling scars, Mm -hmm. you have box scars, you have ice pick scars. Mm -hmm. So there's different names have been given to the scars and they sort of look like the name. They definitely so an ice pick do. scar looks like you kind of got stabbed with an ice pick. And yeah. the rolling scars <laughs> tend to be more rounded. A box scar is look, looks a little bit rectangular square. and yeah. square. Yeah. So you can actually differentiate them. But again, treating them and how to treat them, which I think we're getting into here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's an important thing. And that you can do that at any time. People will say it's easier to treat scars when they're new rather mm-hmm. than when they're old. And yes, that's uh, it's typically true. But I think you can treat scars and you can at least improve them at any age. Yep. And scars can be both traumatic or surgical. Right. So they come from both of those routes. So it doesn't matter if it's traumatic or if it's surgical, it can be treated. And you are correct, uh, Larry. I almost called you my husband's name because I do that all the time. <laughs> I love it to be correct as well. That's uh, that's good. So I like hearing Sorry, I just that almost came out of my mouth and I was like, oh, that's going to be terrible. But um, you are right. Dr. Jill Wable is the one who um, has titled some of her talks Scar Wars, and she has been an expert at treating scars. And she always says that, you know, treat it as soon as you can. So for a surgical wound or a wound that has been stitched up, as soon as the sutures come out. For a burn, as soon as the epithelium has healed over, and for an acne scar, as soon as the acne lesion is gone. So she really believes that you get the best results by treating them sooner than later. And I've seen her speak several times, and ever since I've you know learned some of the techniques from her, we've been using this to adopt in our own practice, and we've had some great success with scars. We, we enjoy uh, treating scars simply because the benefit to the patient. I mean, patients get such a reward from it. So it's, you know, uh, it, it's like you get to see something happen. And normally it's uh, more than one treatment. It's multiple yes. treatments. But wow, what a transformation. And so that's exciting. And we certainly don't have the uh, knowledge and experience that Dr. Weibel does. I mean, Mm -hmm. she does this all day, Mm -hmm. every day, every kind of scar you can imagine. And she truly is the expert in the field. Yeah. And I'm sure there are others out there that, uh, that are like her. But I've been on the podium with her before. And when she puts up some of her before or after photos, it's like it just blows you away. Yes. So, you know, listening to what she has to say and how to do it and then trying to imitate her success at our clinic has been very helpful. And yes, and most most scars you can treat very successfully. Yep. And so that brings us into what are some of the options for scars, which one of Dr. Wabel's favorite treatments for scars is fractional resurfacing. 
So Larry, tell us a little bit about how we can use fractional resurfacing to treat scars. Well, you first of all, if you think about fractional resurfacing, there are two lasers that do that. There's a CO2 and there's erbium. And we used to have two CO2s and now we just have erbium, but they both work because what they're doing is literally putting holes through the scar. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you go deep enough through the scar that you get down to normal tissue. And so you see blood normally when you do that. And uh, but, but you're breaking up that scar. So every place you put a hole, you're in essence growing new healthy skin. And so if you get rid of 10% or 12 or 20%, whatever, uh, you know, over a series of three, four times, it's going to start to make a difference. Well, and the way that the lasers work and how they stimulate the collagen, it's different than when like it's a traumatic or a surgical wound. When we're poking these holes, we're stimulating the body to remodel the entire area. And that's where they're getting the improvement of the scar is how the collagen deposition is occurring post-laser treatment from doing these fractional treatments. Right. So remember, scar is collagen. Mm-hmm. It's just how did it get created? Yes. And of course, we're creating collagen by doing thermal injury in mm-hmm. the dermis. And so sometimes people misunderstand, well, wait a minute, you're, you're, you're creating collagen with a thermal injury, but isn't a burn, a thermal injury, and that's collagen as well? Yes, but it's different. Yes. It is a different type of collagen and how it reacts and all that is different. And ours is controlled. Yes. So, you know, we know the depth. We know how much heat. We know what we're doing with it and where we want to go with it. Whereas a burn, you you do not control. I agree. So. And when I was at the Vegas Cosmetic Surgery Show this last summer, I actually had the pleasure of sitting in on one of the lectures where Dr. Patrick Bitters had presented something that I had never really thought about before, but it was literally using the BBL photofacial to treat scars. And now we've always used the photofacial to treat the red or purple or brown pigment that may be a part of scars. But I had never thought about using photofacial to treat the texture and actually instigate the remodeling of the scars. But during that lecture, uh, Dr. Bitters presented numerous photographs of all these scar patients he had been treating, including skin grafting patients, where he had significant improvements in the texture as well as contracture scars where they were actually regaining movement. Well, if you recall, I think we have had a presentation or a discussion about BBL or photofacial a little bit. And what was so interesting is Stanford did a study and uh, in which patients were evaluated. And what they found was the tremendous amount of collagen and elastin that was happening from doing that treatment. And so we know that. We understand that. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Bitter was you know, very involved in, in that whole study. And uh, he, he started it with Stanford. So it, it really was amazing what came out of that because that was something brand new. None of us knew. Yeah. Well, if it's true for normal skin, would it not also be true for scar tissue? Can it not do some of the same thing? Yeah. And, and no one thought about that. And he started doing it. And uh, sure enough, 
Uh, and so he'll probably be presenting that at the American Academy of Dermatology, I would think, this mm-hmm. next year. And I'm sure he's writing papers and what have you on it. So that will yeah. be coming out. But, boy, what a nice way to be able to help patients is if you can do that. Uh, you know, where, Because, again, that's a treatment that there's no blood. No trauma. There's no trauma. You know, there's really no downtime. There's no trauma. Yeah. For, for us, we kind of like the trauma part of it. And, you know, <laughs> Larry likes the trauma part of it. We're all in for doing it that way, and that's the way we've done it for a long time, and it's been very successful. However, maybe doing this in combination would make things happen even faster, or just trying it by itself. So it's it's exciting that there's another technique out to be able to treat scars. Absolutely. And the next one that we commonly rotate a lot with fractional resurfacing, so when I do my treatments, I do this a lot, is microneedling or microneedling with radiofrequency. So this is another fantastic treatment for scars, and microneedling especially is safe for all skin types. Well, we like that, and we have one called ProCell, mm-hmm. and we love ProCell. And the reason is, is it's actually controlled, so you get the depth that you're asking for. You get exactly how deep you want to go, and the holes seem to be a little bit bigger. It vibrates. And so it's more of a stamp method. And uh, the results that we have seen from it are fantastic. And anytime you're punching holes down through a scar, and so there is no heat, so this would not be a thermal injury. Mm-hmm. It would be a mechanical injury. Yes. And so the dermis is going to react the same way with the production of collagen and elastin and all the good things that we need to heal the tissue. And so what is so exciting about that is, again, that's a treatment that has almost no downtime. Yep. I mean, you know, 24 hours, something like that. You do the treatment one day and the next day you're out and about two days at the most. And it's exciting because it does absolutely change tissue. So it's one very exciting. And you can add PRP to it or PRF to it. You could add growth hormone to it. The new thing is exosomes, which we will be talking about Mm -hmm. on another podcast. And so there's all these new things, you know, that you can add that are, uh, we're not going to call them stem cells, but almost act like stem cells. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really benefits the tissue. And so, again, if you put a hole down in the tissue and you put that type of product in that hole, that that uh, the advantage is it, it, not only is it epidermal, but it's dermal right to begin with. Yeah. So it's great technology. It is. And like I said, it's one of the easiest and safest and um, most practical routes to take for scarring is just starting with a little bit of microneedling. It doesn't matter what skin type, it doesn't matter how they obtain the scar, you can treat it with microneedling. And, you know, again, you can have a laser technician or esthetician doing this for you. So I love to have this as a part of my program. Most commonly in our practice, I am rotating fractional resurfacing, microneedling, and BBL treatments when I'm treating a scar patient because I always tell them it's going to take multiple things. And that's, that's my most common approach. Now, with big traumatic scars or sometimes deeper acne scars, we do have to do subcision. Well, that's right. But let me add one okay. other thing. We've started adding microneedling RF. Yeah. We have a device called Scarlet that, you know, you can go, again, very deep with your energy. And so now you have the physical hole 
So that's your mechanical trauma. And you have the RF energy, that's your thermal trauma, mm-hmm. into the tissue, again, producing collagen and elastin. So there's, there's just a lot of options for treating scars. And, you know, depending on what type of scar, you may pick and choose what you're going to use. But, again, what tools do you have in your toolbox? You're going to go to your toolbox and, mm-hmm. you know, be selective that way. And then so. we've got subsidence. So tell me, Larry, what is subsidence? Well, it's where you're taking um, what we use is a particular needle. It's an 18-gauge needle and has a little blade on it. And so we will inject a little lidocaine into the area so you don't feel it. Mm -hmm. We go into the tissue just under the the skin to the scar. Mm -hmm. And that little blade, then we just simply cut through that scar. Where it's tethered. It's tethered. So scars have... Many times, like a tether that, I mean, you can think of it like a pipe or a, uh, you know, a, an attachment. Mm-hmm. And that attachment is pulling the scar down or it's holding it so that it's rigid and very, you know, non-pliable. And so you go in and you literally cut through that scar and there may be just one tether like that, but normally there's multiple. And so you just kind of go across the whole area, and that releases it. And so all of a sudden, that by itself makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Now, if you add one of the other techniques like microneedling, photofacial, all the other things that we've been talking about, that's going to make it even better faster. So it's a great thing to do, and it's also for... People that have really bad cellulite and things like that, subcision can be used in multiple different ways. Absolutely. Now, when we're dealing with those keloid and those hypertrophic scars, one of the most common routes to go is using steroid injections. So like Kenalog, you know, um, being injected into it, or actually you can even microneedle over the scar and rub Kenalog down the little holes to have a safer approach. Because we all know if you do a little too much of the steroid, you can actually create an indent instead of just causing the scar to flatten out. But you can actually microneedle over these hypertrophic scars and rub Kenalog right down those holes in order to flatten out or reduce the size of a hypertrophic scar. And what's so amazing is over a series of treatments, you just see that elevated scar disappear. Mm-hmm. It is so nice how that works. Yeah. And so people with hypertrophic scars, and a lot of times there may be some color associated and what have you. And you again, BBL and things like that, if that's whatever's remaining. But I'll tell you, it sure does all by itself. Just little injections, what a difference that makes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And so that's the pretty much the only way we will treat hypertrophic scars. If they're true keloid formers, I don't treat them in my office. There are amazing doctors out there who will, but I know that those patients can have a really hard time responding. So I typically choose not to, but for any of our hypertrophic scars, it's almost always a steroid injection or a microneedling with the steroid rubbed down the holes. And I think some of the people out there are treating some of the keloids with radiation and things like that as well. So I know there's a lot of different ways to treat. But one thing I learned early on is that if you don't know what you're doing with the keloid, don't do anything. Yes, you know, just I agree. Because a keloid can expand just like it can shrink. And that's happened. We had a, a patient who had it surgically removed. 
and and uh, it came back a lot bigger, and then it was injected, and it got bigger yet. And so just understand, keloids is no simple thing with a keloid scar. You do have to be very careful and, and uh, comfortable with what you're doing. Yeah, and I know Dr. Wabel is definitely good and comfortable with it. So yeah. I always tell patients, if you're really unsure, seek out somebody like her if you are a true keloid former. Right. Well, one of the last things that we haven't really talked about, and we don't really use too much in our practice, but it is commonly used for burn victims or plastic surgeons, are um, silicone products and sheets. So with these silicone products, they're used to facilitate the regulation of the fibroblast production and the reduction in the collagen production. So we just talked about all these different ways that we want to remodel collagen and promote collagen, but remember... When the scar is first forming, it is basically a giant bundle of collagen. So using these silicone products and sheets, they can actually reduce that collagen production and result in a softer, flatter scar. So that's really important to just try to improve the scar from the get-go. And it normalizes the collagen synthesis of an abnormal scar, and it also increases the level of collagenase which breaks down excess collagen. So a lot of, again, surgical post wounds like tummy tucks, things like that, you'll see these plastic surgeons putting these silicone sheets or bands or things over. They can be very helpful. So my advice for patients always is, is sometimes you feel like when you're going into this, it's one more expense, it's one more cost. You know, why are they just trying to sell me another product? When it comes to the silicone sheets and products that they use post-surgery, if you do not want to be hiding a big, ugly scar, I recommend you use the products that your surgeon is um, suggesting to you. Yeah, I mean, even if you think about it, it reduces the likelihood of a bacterial infection. Just alone, so yeah. Just that by itself, what a huge difference that makes. And so every little thing that these type products do that make a difference mm -hmm. is all good. It's, yeah. it, it's so helpful. Yeah, because if it was me, I would choose to do it. Now, I know I've probably already answered this question, but Larry, what is the best route to choose when treating scars? Well, uh, there's not one particular thing that is the answer for all scars, but uh, what I believe in is combination therapy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that sometimes you can do some microneedling one time, and then maybe do fractional laser another time, do BBL with them. You know, that's a good treatment. And so if, if, think of it this way. If you only have one tool to use, man, you have to be aggressive. If you have two or three tools, you don't have to be as aggressive with any of them. Mm -hmm. So you can do a little bit less with each one, but yet these, the scar or the tissue is getting so much more and it's getting it safely. So I think sometimes that's it. So it's like every scar is different. Mm -hmm. You have to, what kind of scar am I talking about here? What am I looking at? You know, like a hypertrophic scar, you're going to involve steroids yep. and things like that, whereas others you won't be involving steroids. So what is it? What kind of scar is it? And then what tools do I have? Yes. So I think that's your starting point is diagnosing the type of scar that you have and then what all do you have and what experience do you have? I mean, if you have no experience injecting, you know, steroids, well... Don't you, do it. Don't do it. That's right. If <laughs> Please. You've if you've never used a fractional laser before, let's not start on a scar. 
No. You know, so things like that. Just, you know, you need to get a little experience along the way. And again, there's classes and courses and things like that. And when you go to some of the workshops and talk to someone like Jill Weibel a million times, you kind of get the idea, okay, this can be done and it can be done very safely with tremendous results. And you just take it step by step. Yep, I agree. So basically, one of the areas that we talked about we're going to discuss now are stretch marks. So what a lot of people don't realize is that stretch marks are basically like atrophic scars. They're a ripping and tearing in the tissue that leaves a mark on the skin that is basically a scar. And I always say, you know, the million, million dollar idea is always if you could permanently get rid of stretch marks, that would be your million or billion dollar idea. Right. But we know there's tons of creams out there. There's tons of advertisements out there for all kinds of things. You can definitely improve stretch marks, but sometimes they won't 100% go away. So there's four basic types. There's your basic um, atrophic ones. So they're very common stretch marks that are just a general breakdown of elastin and collagen in the skin that can cause it to tear. There's the ones that they call the... Um, striae distensiae which are the ones that kids get when they're going through puberty so they typically happen on the breast tissue of women when they first grow uh, grow their breasts um, on their thighs their butts their hips so those ones are usually there then there's of course pregnancy right so the big stretch marks and tears along the stomach for pregnancy and that's the ones that we hear or see the most because those tend to be the largest and unfortunately the most difficult to be able to treat. And then there's also the vergitures, which are long, specifically patterned stretch mark. They kind of resemble a whiplashing. They can be, you know, on the back, in the trunk, the chest, kind of the arm areas. So you've got these four basic types of stretch marks that vary a little bit. Now, we know that they're basically like a scar. So our treatment plans for stretch marks are pretty similar to scars, aren't they, Larry? Well, they are. You're going to do very similar things. And I think it's easiest, rather than try to remember all the names and stuff, if you just put it in two categories, uh, they're either ripples on a pond or they're tears. Ripples on a pond, you grew too fast. So you're going to have them in certain areas on your body. Tears, pregnancy. And so, I mean, there, there's... Or extreme weight gain. Yeah, extreme weight gain. So that's the type of thing. So if you, we'll just keep it simple. And so if you think ripples on a pond, if you were to take your fingers and rub over the tissue and close your eyes, that's what it just feels like. It's just like little bitty layers, one right after the other, just little bitty ripples all the way across. And, you know, sometimes they're real close together. And mm -hmm. if you actually take the tissue and squeeze it together, it's like an accordion mm -hmm. where you pull it apart, you squeeze it together. And if you squeeze it together <laughs> enough... I'm you sure can, your patients love when you do this in the consult. <laughs> I love doing it. It's just so fun. <laughs> well, let me do it again. And uh, 
So you can squeeze it together and literally laser off the top. So you've taken the peaks off, mm -hmm. and so now it's so much smoother. So that's one thing, and that doesn't happen with everybody, but in yeah. some situations you see that. But that's a ripples on a pond. Mm -hmm. But typically most scars are, or stretch marks are treated very much like scars, mm -hmm. uh, minus the steroids. So you can do microneedling, you can do fractional laser, you can... Uh, microneedling RF has been shown to work well. Very um, well. So I think, you know, and if you add skin tightening to yes. it, to any of these things, well, that's that's bonus. It's really nice with stretch marks because it also kind of helps pull it all together. And I feel like that that's one of the things that we add into stretch marks, and that's why I wanted to bring up this subject that makes it a little bit different than scars. Because mm -hmm. literally, if you have the stretch mark, it makes your skin looser and saggier and you can it just is more apparent whether it's a stomach or a butt or a thigh you add some skin tightening into this and even if you were to just do skin tightening on its own the whole area is going to look significantly better and it is surprising to us how many people come in and we're doing a body consult because they want certain things treated for volume reduction or tightening or whatever. And they have stretch marks on their hips, on mm -hmm. their butt, on their thighs, on their abdomen, whatever. And they don't even mention it. Yeah. They don't even mention it. They have become so accustomed to it. And I'm thinking, do you like them? I mean, you, <laughs> you don't even, you know, so of course I point it out like, yeah. you know, you, you like the gentleman that he is. Yeah. You want to keep those or would you like those to go away? <laughs> and uh, so it, it's it to me, it is something that really can be treated. And um, none of it is 100 percent. But yes. I'm, I'm going to say this, that when you get rid of or smooth out, you know, 60, 70 percent the shadows start to leave. Yes. And in many cases, it's the shadows that make cellulite look bad. It's shadows that make uh, different texture look bad, things mm -hmm. like that. And so as you normalize the tissue and make it much more even, all of a sudden, it, it's not so noticeable anymore, and you don't really see what you used to see. And then it's just a matter of, well, do you want to continue on, or do you want to call it a day? Sometimes you're going to do three, four treatments. Sometimes you do five, six. How aggressive do you want to be? Yeah. I remember doing, we did in class, we had a girl. Um, she was five foot two and had twins. Yeah. Oh no. And you know, huge twins. You know, so what? So she had stretch marks everywhere, and then she had a tummy tuck. So what did she have? She had a tummy tuck scar. And so what we did is we had a class that came every month, and so we had her come every month, and we treated half of her abdomen. And that's all we treated is just half. And so we would do either fractional laser or microneedling or something like that. And none of it was aggressive because this was for students to do. And so the students would literally do it. And no matter what time you came as a student, you could see the other side. Mm -hmm. Right? See, so you always had that contrast. This is what her entire abdomen looked like. And, of course, we had the photos, too. But it was it, it was severe. Mm -hmm. And this is where she is. So she's had three treatments now. We're into the fourth month, and this is what you're seeing. Then we were in the fifth and the sixth. And by the ninth month, 
everything was gone. I mean, literally, you could close your hand, close your eyes, rub your hand over her uh, treated side of her abdomen. You did not feel a thing. It was so soft. It was so smooth. You could not feel the scar. You couldn't feel anything. And so the students, you know, every class that went through got so much from this because they physically saw. And then, of course, what were we going to do after that? I was going to say, you didn't leave her Goodbye. like that, did you? <laughs> it's been great. Thanks for, oh thanks for being our model. Okay, if you didn't throw that in, I was going to say, Larry, you got to well, finish the story. <laughs> no, we, of course, we treated the other side. But the, the point was, this was students doing mild treatments, and it took nine. Well, we're not known for mild Nope. And uh, so, you know, with us, it would have been, you know, substantially less than that. But the point is, she left. She was not, you know, in pain or anything else. She had mild swelling for a few days, and but she did so well. And, and I mean, she just looked fantastic. She couldn't believe what we had done. Yeah. And so that's the, the point is, people can have that, you know, changed. And it's just being a little bit persistent and just doing a little bit each time. If you want to go after it, you can go mm-hmm. after it. I, I've, I've done people that said, look, I, I got, you know, one time or two times and that's it. And then I'm leaving. So you got to do all you can. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, they hated me for a week or so because they did swell yeah. and booze and everything <laughs> and else terrible. and looked terrible. And it's like, well, how do I wear my clothes? And, you know, have you thought about just sweatpants for the rest of your life? You know, it's, it's oh like you, you have to get into something like that mode. However, you know, the results were so good, so fast, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was just shocking, the kind of results. So again, you can get an outcome in more than one way. You can be very gentle approach to it, or you can be very aggressive because of, of a time frame, and they just want it gone. And so know that there's not a right and a wrong. I mean, there's you you got a big gap in between. But stretch marks are something that should be treated. I mean, you can. I mean, why have them? You know, why keep them? Uh, unless I think stretch marks and scars. Yeah, you know, exactly. we we have our patient who's Larry's family friend, and she had was it basal cell or squamous cell carcinoma on her nose? She had uh, melanoma. Oh, it was melanoma. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways. Basically, she had a large portion removed, and they had to use a flap from her forehead to try to rebuild her nose. And unfortunately, she was great for years and ended up having to go back, and it happened again. And she had even more removed, and she was devastated. And I will tell you that she has worked with us through multiple mild fractional resurfacings and microneedlings nothing you know she she'd been through a lot so we didn't let larry go crazy on it you know she needed more mild stuff night and day difference she looks so good and she's definitely if you don't know her and know what happened to her you would never walk into a room and be like wow you had skin cancer removed from your nose I mean, you, you and, can't. And, and most of your nose removed. Most of I it mean, it's, removed. It's, you know, and so that's the type of thing that you can fix. Yes. You know, I mean, where you have, even though plastic surgeons and most surgeons do their best to yes. make it look good, when you're taking a whole flap from a forehead, so now you've got a forehead issue and putting it on a yeah. nose, you've got a nose issue, you've got quite a bit going on, and to have it come out to the point where you could sit down and talk to her and never know. Yeah. That's, to me, very good work. Yeah, it's definitely not the first thing that comes to your eye at all. You just see her as a regular person, and you never know that that happened to her. And 
that's why I always I'm passionate about treating scars and stretch marks because they bother a lot of people and there's something that you can do about it and you know you can let Larry get crazy with you or you can take it slow and steady as I like to say we build programs for everybody and it doesn't matter of your skin type either there's different options for everybody out there so what I always say is don't be afraid to ask and you don't have to live with it forever you just have to Go have a consultation, figure out what your options are, and decide when you're ready to do something about it. And a couple key points, you know, we, we talked about the types of scars, but we didn't always talk about location. I mean, mm -hmm. how many breast implants are in Arizona, you know? how We're uh, one of the top in the nation, I know that yeah, much. That's right. Did you know that Oklahoma's number one? Yes, I did. You oh. told me that, and I was like... Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Well, already then. For, for population is number one for breast implants. I think Salt Lake City's in the top two or three. Yeah, you we're know? up there. Yeah, LA's up there. Up there. Yep. Yeah. So, but the, the, the whole thing is there's, you know, breast reduction. So you always get that yes. T-shaped scar. Or the breast um, lift. Yeah, the breast lift. And there's, uh, of course, the, the little implants and their big implants. And there's... Um, the little oh. implants. <laughs> That was an odd choice of words there. <laughs> okay, let's just stay with big implants then. Large implants. And there's, of course, the tummy tuck, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a smaller scar. Sometimes it's a very large big scar. scar. Uh, brachial scar from the bat wings that we were talking about last yeah. week. Brachioplasty. So if you're trying to tighten that skin and get rid of a lot of loose skin, that's there. So or my all-time favorite scar that I try to convince people to never do is the thigh lift scar. Oh, yeah, that's a bad one. Have you ever seen a good thigh lift scar? Lady? Never. I've never. seen one in my entire career. That's where they cut you 360 all the way around and literally pull your legs up like a pair of pants. So you have a 360 scar around your abdomen all the way. And you can imagine, in order to not let gravity fight against you and pull that scar down, you really have to, you know, allow it to heal before you can be up and moving around. And I've, I've seen one in my time that was good. Any other ones I've seen are, have been terrible. That's brutal. You it know? is. So I think there's other things that, you know, you need to see, somebody needs to come in a little sooner yes. and do some other things that can kind of mitigate that quite a bit so you don't have to go to that route but yeah that's that's drastic yeah but and there's all kinds of different surgical scars out there yeah. too just yeah. from all kinds of surgeries yeah but but the nice thing is i mean we've done facelift scars breast scars tummy tuck scars you know everything on arms legs body parts all over the place mm -hmm. and uh they all seem to respond well to our technique yeah uh, w which is what we talked about today so yeah. if so now whether it's a scar or a stretch mark will they ever completely go away i i, I would say no mm -hmm. that you know the you know anything a hundred is very very unlikely with with most things yes um but i think you can get a pretty good percentage a pretty high percentage to the point where you like just like the patient that i did with the tummy tuck scar and stretch yeah. marks i mean you you literally could look at her and feel her abdomen and mm -hmm. all that and you did not know now we know it's not a hundred percent but we also know that if she was just walking down the street wearing something where you could see her abdomen 
would would not be noticeable. Nope. Would not stand out at all. At all. So I think that's the key. Or like the Mohs surgery patient that we were talking about yeah. where, you know, when it first happened, it was going to be like Frankenstein, you know, like her face was really chopped up from it. You do not, well, you don't look, when you look at her now, that is not what you see at all. And so when you realize it or she's told you her story, then you can see some of the scarring, but it looks so good. And, and it has helped her <coughs> improve her confidence with how she looked afterwards because she was so concerned about it. Right. So it, it's, been, it's been fantastic. And I always like to point that out there because if there's really bad stretch marks or really bad scars, is it going to be 100% gone? No. But can we help it look really good so that it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb and help you boost your confidence? Yes. And, and little things, you can put filler under certain scars, mm-hmm. you can, you know, there's all kinds of tricks that you learn over time, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, wow, you know, that's quite a change, that's, that's nice, you yep. know, and, and it's the patient that's saying that, so that, that's what's so fun about it, so... It anyway, is. I think scars and stretch marks, I think we've covered at least a foundation, it's yes. a basic foundation. And then it's just getting in, getting some hands on, doing a few scars, doing some stretch marks, learning how and what you can do. Mm-hmm. And even in our micro needling class, every once in a while we have, you know, a, 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 either a student or a patient that would like to have something like that done. Mm-hmm. And we incorporate that into the class. Yep. And we like to have people treat each other and that type of thing. And so then they can see what it's all about. And and this is not crazy. These are not crazy treatments. These are really pretty easy for, for the patient and, and the technician. So Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up, Larry. So what's your uh, last word of advice for our listeners when it comes to scars and stretch marks? Don't keep them. <laughs> <laughs> get them the hell off your body you know i i think keep if that's something and you're not paying attention to it somebody else might be but you don't have to have that i mean you know why walk around with stretch marks and scars all over the place so it's just you know i mean if it's if it's well hidden okay that's your call but i'm just saying you know, it's not that hard, and it can be done in a pretty gentle fashion over a series. But uh, please, uh, you know, think about getting rid of them. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Thank you for us, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Larry Do featuring Dr. Ann. Hear it live each week here or anytime 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. 